Life in the Trenches. Relatable, faith-filled conversation about everyday life to encourage and connect. Because at the end of the day, we're all in this life together. Welcome back to Life in the Trenches. I'm your host, Melissa Sharp. So my eldest daughter came home from school one day and she told me that while she was in the computer lab uh, during class, she Googled me. So perhaps your mind uh, just went to all of the things you hoped that your kids would never see. I kept a straight face, kind of laughed it off and naturally asked her what she found. She did give me the usual suspects my bio, pictures, things like that. But what was mind-blowing to my daughter is that it was the first time that she saw me as a real person, someone outside of the person who's her confidant, meal maker, schedule keeper, minivan driver, basically a person outside of the card-carrying member of the mom club. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day about a particular post uh, on a social media platform that we're both familiar with. We were both a little surprised by the post that was shared. Not that it was wrong necessarily. It's definitely geared to their brand. Everyone needs a tribe and the world is full of people who don't agree with you and people that you don't agree with. Our thought was more of curiosity, if we're truly self-aware of what we're sharing with the world, and if the day will come when we might regret it. If you're familiar with the personality trait testing called the Enneagram, I would encourage you to take a look. You might be as fascinated as I was to learn about your personality and how it shapes you. I am an Enneagram 9, which is the peacemaker, and this Revelation surprises a lot of people, but it is my truth. When my husband and I dug deep into understanding the different quirks of how we think and feel, many things in our lives were granted more clarity. Now, it's not a perfect science, and I would venture to say there are bits and pieces of every personality type within us, but I personally found it a really helpful tool. So to put me in a nutshell, I can always see two sides to every story. I seem to fall into the middle of the line and I need to sit on things before I can make a choice or execute a decision. I respect the opinions of others and I don't tend to get angry over the little things. Or if I do, I get over my anger very quickly. I'm a very forgiving person, which has proven to hurt me deeply in the past, but grudges are just not in my nature. This is because I have very little tolerance for inner chaos and turmoil. I need to feel at peace within as much as possible for my own personal, mental, and emotional health. I think it's because of this that I have a love-hate relationship with social media. Recently, I read a post by a largely followed platform. I appreciated the sentiment shared regarding adoption and abortion. Now listen, these are not topics that are easily debated, and that is not the point of my story. 
My point is that in sharing one simple sentence of love, I inflicted the swift anger of a few keyboard warriors. These keyboard warriors are complete strangers, as they usually are. And the first commenter to attack me stated that I was offensive. I'm not quite sure how my support of adoption was offending this person, but maybe her personal pain overshadowed her thoughts. The next person to be angered by my comment informed me that my children were not collectibles. Then she stated in capital letters that children want to be with their real parents. That one opinion brought a sadness to my heart unlike any other. In my family, we have personal experience with adoption. Members of our family and children so beloved to us that my first thought and what I wanted to clap back with was what a slap in the face to tell my parents who adopted me that they're not my real parents. Of course, there were those, uh, both acquaintances and strangers alike, who came to my defense. That is part and parcel to the big bad world of social media. But it did solidify a truth I need to always remember. See, when I'm tempted to defend what I believe to be true, I have to remember that the truth doesn't need to be defended. It's not my job to convince or convict another person. My husband made a really good point, and he shared with me that people hear our point of view through the lens of their own point of view. Perhaps it's because we struggle to know or understand the difference between our opinions and our convictions. The scriptures warn us that the tongue is a weapon. It's called a double-edged sword. And one small flame can create a firestorm. We can engage ourselves in nearly any form of social media and find ourselves in the middle of a war. I find that especially true today. One side fighting against the other. There's no common ground to be found at all. These conversations have been happening with my kids quite a bit lately. We've been trying to teach our girls that what they say and do for the world to see has the ability to follow them all the days of their life. They're growing up in a culture, a society, in a generation where their entire lives are documented on computer screens. You know, they're not allowed to have social media. They're just too young. But I do know the day will come when that world will be open to them. And it's our job to prepare them for it. Their identity will be summed up by their actions and words to a world that doesn't know them, doesn't know their every scar, every triumph, doesn't know the life lessons that have shaped them into who they will be one day. These people on this social media platform, these keyboard warriors who thought to tear me down, not knowing who I am, my own story, and what I've lived through or experienced in my own life, while they found themselves in a riot of words against each other, 
because I had to make the choice. I had to choose to turn my eyes aside from these faceless warriors and keep my words to myself. If not for adoption, there'd be a few precious faces missing from my own family. Faces that were always meant to be here. One of my absolute favorite family memories is the day that we were able to go to happy court, as this particular judge in this court liked to call it. It had been a very long and difficult road to finally bring to fruition the adoption of our niece and nephew. But there was no better place for them than the hearts and home that they were being brought into. They were of age and mind to understand what was happening to them in their life and family. Their family and friends were all there. We were wearing our best clothes and we had smiles plastered across our faces. The courtroom is an interesting place to be. When we got in there and we were all sitting in the rows in our seats, the judge sat upon a platform high above the crowd with the court seals decorated upon fancy paper and he was waving them in his hand. See, he declared to us that these were the days that bring him joy, to see families created and come together. I can only imagine the heartache and pain the walls of that family courtroom have absorbed over the years, let alone the faces of so many children the judge must relive in his memory when his head hits the pillow at night. Most days, I feel like I can do nothing but pray for God's mercy to be given to the souls who cause such pain and for God's gracious presence to be upon the souls who must endure such pain. Our youngest daughter was about three at the time, and she was caught up in all of the joy. When the judge declared that this moment in our family needed to be preserved, he called everyone up to the front for family photos. Well, before he could even finish his thoughts, our daughter jumped out of her seat, tore her way up to the front of the courtroom. She scrambled up the platform and she jumped onto the judge's lap. Everyone roared with laughter. This wasn't even her special moment, but our daughter expressed this childlike faith that I desperately want to have upon the end of my own days. When my time has come, my last breath is gone, and I stand before the Lord, who's my judge and jury, who will hold me accountable for, you know, how I use the gifts he gave me in the life that was gifted to me. I want to run without fear or regard and leap my way into his arms. We can't be accountable to the words of the keyboard warriors. We have to be accountable for the way we respond and not being keyboard warriors ourselves. We need each other in this life. That's just the truth. Every single one of us has those scars and triumphs that I talked about. We carry them in our back pockets. 
we pull them out when we feel we need to, when we're scared, when we feel we need to defend ourselves, when fear takes over, when we feel ashamed. But we don't need to do that. We need to remember that everybody's got the same scars in their own pockets. What someone's opinion is might be based upon something that they've actually lived through. Our opinions can't be messed up with our convictions. I remember a time in my life where this was really muddled for me. And I remember just hearing the soft words of the Holy Spirit upon my heart. And I heard the Lord say, a guilty heart can go on forever, but a convicted heart cannot go unchanged. Simply that means if there's things that I'm struggling with and I lash out at others because of my guilt, I'll continue to do that. But if there's a conviction in me, something that I know that is truth, but I also know in wisdom that I don't need to defend it, I just have to live it out, then I don't need to be angry. I don't have to try to convince people of my opinions. The truth will set us free. That's the promise that we're given. So at the end of the day, I have to say, I hope those people who felt I was offensive are blessed. I hope that whatever pain it is that they are going through, they can find some clarity in it. And I pray that at the end of their day, they'll find some joy amidst the firestorm. Thanks for joining me here at Life in the Trenches. I hope that you've been encouraged and I hope that you feel a sense that no matter what you say, you're being heard. And I just pray that you say it with love.